Welcome to the audio podcast of the weekly sermon of the First Presbyterian Church of Brooklyn. We continue our multi-access worship both online and in our recently renovated sanctuary. During the summer months from July 4th weekend through Labor Day weekend, our worship will be live Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We are live on firstchurchbrooklyn.org as well as the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Now, this week's message. I should tell you, before I answered the call to stand before you as a guest preacher today, I followed the wise advice of Adrian Thorne and prayed on the opportunity. My prayers were answered as I looked over the possible dates offered to me. I was pulled toward this day because of one word, service. So before we get into it, Adrian, If you're listening, I want to say thank you for your service. Every week, thank you, thank you. That's Adrian, yes. Every week, we gather in this place for service. We all work together to embody the golden rule. And when we get it right, nobody leaves here without receiving something they need. It feels right to bring this up as today we observe National Purple Heart Day. The Purple Heart is a medal that was first made in 1782. It is a decoration granted to individuals who were injured or killed while serving in the US military. Originally known as the Badge of Military Merit, its permanency alongside other decorations of service didn't stick. The Purple Heart was its spiritual successor and it was created 150 years later to honor the bicentennial of George Washington's birthday. The first of the Purple Hearts were awarded to soldiers who fought in the First World War. The inaugural hearts were first presented in Windsor, New York, on the site of the last Continental Army Camp. As we continue in the spirit of service, we honor the history of this church in its bicentennial birth year by planting seeds in our garden, nurturing the youth, offering assistance to our elders, and comforting the children of God by meeting their needs with the resources we have at our disposal. One of these resources is gratitude. And it's special because in giving thanks, we simultaneously provide and receive a great service. Gratitude is the silhouette of Jesus in Isaiah's words today. This is a prophetic foreshadowing of a suffering servant who will follow orders even if it leads to death. Why would anyone endure such an order? Well, I don't know about you, but if I'm taking orders, I need to trust whom they come from. However, not everyone can afford the luxury of choice when it comes to picking and choosing which orders we take in life. The server in a restaurant will take your order no matter who you are, granted on the condition that you can pay the price. According to Isaiah, there is one who follows God's order without question, who will come to pay our ransom. The anticipation for the Messiah was palpable. And you may have heard that many were prepared to serve this Messiah when the time came for Jesus to be born into the world. Imagine the surprise of his disciples when Jesus said, you've observed how godless rulers throw their weight around, how quickly a little power goes to their heads. It's not going to be that way with you. Whoever wants to be great 
must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. That is what the Son of Man has done. He came to serve, not be served, and then to give away his life in exchange for the many who are held hostage. How can we relate this call to service to our lives today? A story comes to mind that I'd like to share with you. In 2019, my family packed our car with everything that we needed for a road trip upstate to Syracuse. To this day, it remains one of my favorite family traditions because we got to spend time with our grandmother. We would also take the time to explore the grounds of the annual New York State Fair. There would often be a great lineup of popular musical acts. And 2019 was a special year because Gavin DeGraw performed. As a musician myself, Gavin was a big inspiration in my formative years. It was during this time of my life that I started to learn that like the Holy Spirit, ministry transcends the walls of the physical church body. Our minister of music, Amy Nooner, is living proof of that. If you take a moment to realize how lucky we are to have Amy at the helm of our choir, you would understand why I am who I am. And that, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And that it's not uncommon to witness a musician preach. Like many of our choir members, I was lucky to have Amy as my high school music teacher. Her service went above and beyond the classroom, though, as she would often find me plucking away at the piano, often to the music of Gavin DeGraw, in the early hours before the first bell of the day ever rang. Even before she invited me and my brothers to sing in this wonderful choir, her guidance and direction no doubt put me in the right place to receive a word from God. With that being said, why do I bring up DeGraw? Well, Gavin's music has bits of scripture sprinkled into it, along with the liberating elements of jazz and soul. Lyrics like, I came from the mountain, the crust of creation, and there is a living promised land, even over fields of sand, opened my mind to God before I ever opened a Bible. My high school years were where I received my first copy of the New Testament from a bold evangelist standing at the crosswalk outside Valley Stream Central High School. While hungry teenagers passed her by on the way to lunch, I took the book willingly. I have to admit, it wasn't because I was looking for Jesus specifically, but rather my double period chemistry class bored me beyond belief. <laughs> In truth, it didn't matter then what I was looking for. Jesus calls us to follow him, often in exchange for turning from the path we believe is right. In the words of Gavin DeGraw, belief makes things true, things like you, you and I. In 2019, during his set at the New York State Fair, Gavin DeGraw sang a song called Soldier from his 2011 album titled Sweeter. It's a beautiful ode to people that fight for freedom. Before starting the song, he asked if anyone in the crowd had served the country. Many hands shot up. And in a fashion similar to our prayers of the people, Gavin acknowledged each person by saying, thank you for your service. Then he goes on to sing these words. I'll get it if you need it. I'll search if you don't see it. You're thirsty, I'll be your rain. You get hurt, I'll take your pain. I know you don't believe it, but I said it 
And I still mean it When you heard what I told you When you get worried, I'll be a soldier That's what today is about, church Not just the act of service But showing gratitude for those who paid the price for our freedom Some have passed on and some remain often with scars that tell their stories. The Bible tells a story that starts at the beginning, long before independence was declared in the early colonies. It is a unified story that leads to Jesus Christ, a man who came to serve and not be served. However, the story goes that in response to the miracles he performed, he was served in the worst way imaginable. The Son of Man was arrested while praying in a garden betrayed by one of his followers, and abandoned by the rest. For Christians reading this story, I advise a grain of caution. The personified voice of hindsight bias will try to comfort us by saying, the joke's on them, Jesus comes back. For Americans reading this story, it may even sound familiar. A poor, innocent man of color, whose freedom of speech was often tested, is unreasonably seized and held to answer for an infamous crime without being indicted by a grand jury? Jesus was deprived of life, liberty, and property without due process of law. His trial, if you want to call it that, was indeed speedy and public. He was confronted at all sides by witnesses against him because the only witnesses in his favor had fled in fear. The person with the power to free him Pontius Pilate spoke briefly in his defense. What crime has he committed, he asked. This line of questioning was short-lived due to the pressures involved in potentially defying an emperor by entertaining a king. Though I'll give it to Pilate, he runs the gamut of his political resources and tries one last time to have his cake and eat it too. To please the crowd without sentencing Jesus to death, he has him flogged. This cruel and unusual punishment preceded the earthly inauguration of Jesus as the king of the Jews. The guards mock him with their worship, placing a crown of thorns on his head and draping a purple robe over his wounded body. When even the guards grew tired of their fake worship service, they removed the purple robe and dressed his wounds, not with bandages, but with his garments that would later be removed and auctioned at Golgotha. Pilate presents the flogged Messiah to the people, but apparently this half-measure wasn't enough to satisfy the bloodthirsty crowd. The people demanded to see this man crucified. Pilate washes his hands of the whole situation, as if he ever had control to begin with. When we peel back the layers of power and status, Pilate was a human who faced a situation where he had no control. However, he did have a choice. Whom do I serve? The people? The emperor? Unfortunately, while trying to make his choice, Jesus became a political pawn. Not unlike Brittany Griner, a WNBA star who recently received the sentence of nine years in prison from a Russian court for carrying less than a gram of hash oil into a country that Griner considered her second home even when she admitted to making an honest mistake and unintentionally breaking Russian law, a rather rushed trial, in the words of her legal team, leaves her fate in the hands of two countries that are arguably far 
from shaking an agreement. When the livelihood of a fellow neighbor is being tossed around the board like a chess piece, it's hard not to imagine the pilots of our world washing their hands of the situation. Make no mistake, church, this is a choice that speaks volumes. Justice should be the natural order. But when cases like this keep rising, it becomes obvious that order is far from our process. So that leads me to ask the question, whose orders are we following? While Pilate was following the orders of the authority he feared, Jesus followed the order of the Father by denying himself and carrying his cross to Calvary, not to be served, but to serve. I'll close with this. As we go through the day, let us look for ways to thank the people in our lives that have served. Listen to their stories. Learn the significance of their scars. And don't forget to simply say, thank you for your service. In this way, we can share in the joy of Jesus' disciples when he appeared to them after rising from the dead. They got to see the scars on his hands and feet. Thomas even got to put his hand through Jesus' side. Some of us may know the feeling of having to show our receipt on the way out of the market as proof that we paid the price for our goods and services. In the same way, Jesus never gives up on trying to teach us a very important lesson. He paid the price for our freedom and didn't stop there. He sends the Spirit to us so that we may continue to serve others the way he did. Remember, church, that Jesus came to serve, not to be served. Keep that in mind, because I say to you, the risen Lord is not done giving, not even close. So I'll get it if you need it. I'll search if you don't see it. You're thirsty, I'll be a rain. You get hurt, I'll take your pain. I know you don't believe it. Well, I said it, and I still mean it. When you heard what I told you, when you get worried, I'll be a soldier. To God be the glory. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust you are fed as well as challenged by the content. This audio archive supplements a video library of the entire service. The video, along with music from our internationally recognized gospel choir, is available on firstchurchbrooklyn.org. We provide multi-access worship options, both in person and online, Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time during the summer, from July 4th weekend through Labor Day weekend. We are live in the sanctuary, as well as firstchurchbrooklyn.org, and the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Visit firstchurchbrooklyn.org for more information on both online and in-person worship. Remember that now, as always, you are loved.